Who's the greatest of all time? Since the dawn of time, a debate has raged. Who is the greatest of all time? And I'm not just talking about sports. And who will receive a rose? Would you like to spend the night here with me? I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch on Monday, February 6th. We're counting down today's top three must-see picks from TV and movies. But first, your entertainment headlines. Harry Styles was the big winner at Sunday's Grammy Awards. Harry's House won the night's top honor, Album of the Year, beating Beyonce, who was widely expected to win for her album, Renaissance. But with her other wins, Beyonce now becomes the most decorated Grammy winner of all time, with 32. Elsewhere, Samara Joy was named Best New Artist. Now, this show was naturally chock full of incredible performances, including those by Harry Styles, Bad Bunny, Brandi Carlile, and Lizzo. Questlove curated the 50th anniversary tribute to hip-hop, which included Missy Elliott, Busta Rhymes, Queen Latifah, LL Cool J, Salt and Peppa, and so many more. And for the touching in memoriam, Casey Musgraves paid tribute to Loretta Lynn, Cheryl Crow, Mick Fleetwood, and Bonnie Raitt honored Fleetwood Max Christine McVie, and Maverick City Music and Quavo remembered late Migos member Takeoff. And earlier in the day, during the non-televised ceremony, Viola Davis achieved the coveted EGOT status, winning Best Audiobook Narration and Storytelling Recording for her memoir, Finding Me. You can check out the full list of winners, our best and worst moments of the show, and more highlights at EW.com. In other news, we have a new box office winner, Knock at the Cabin and 80 for Brady, both bested Avatar The Way of Water to claim the first and second spots this weekend, with $14.2 and $12.5 million, respectively. The Avatar sequel, which was number one for seven weeks in a row, made another $10.8 million for third place. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish landed in fourth with almost $8 million, and the concert film BTS, yet to come in cinemas, made almost $6.2 million, good enough for fifth place. After 25 years, James Cameron is offering a rare mea culpa of sorts. Ahead of his film Titanic's February 10th theatrical re-release, the 68-year-old filmmaker took part in Sunday night's National Geographic special Titanic, 25 years later with James Cameron. Now, the special's big highlight was Cameron testing the infamous and much-debated ending in which Leonardo DiCaprio's Jack sacrifices his life to save Kate Winslet's Rose by letting her stay on a large floating door while he stayed nearby in the freezing water. While there were a lot of variables involved, and the scientists couldn't accurately factor in variables, including knowledge about hypothermia, water swell, and how long it would take for lifeboats to rescue them, Cameron did come to one big conclusion, saying, quote, Based on what I know today, I would have made the raft smaller. So there's no doubt. You can read more about the test at EW.com and check out that special on Hulu. Austin Butler says he is finally losing the Elvis accent that put him at the center of the Oscar race and a few jokes on social media. Graham Norton asked him about it on Friday's episode of his show. Have a listen. 
Will it, will it eventually go... Um, have you tried to get rid of it? Have you gone to a speech therapist or anything? No. I'm, <laughs> what, did you, what did you sound like before? Yeah. Well, like, I, I don't know. People, different. people pull clips from when I was 17. Don't you talk or, like that? <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's really... I mean, to be honest, I've really... Uh, I, I heard my publicist told me the other day, you know, people are... I, don't, I try to stay off social media, so my publicist told me, you know, people are talking about your voice and these sorts of things. And it really made me self-conscious for a second because I thought... Am I being phony? Is, is this not my voice? And, um, but, and, and then I thought, no, I'd have to think consciously to not talk how I am right now. And, my but my voice sounds different when I talk to my dog or when I talk to my <laughs> dad or when I'm here right now. You know, we all have different mm-hmm. bits of ourselves that we're yeah. releasing. Um, but when I was really questioning it, I thought, okay, for one thing, I'm older now. I don't, I, maybe sometimes I have a southern twang, but I'm not, I don't think this is southern. If I tried to sound like Elvis, I would sound very different right now. Don't do it. Yeah, I'm not gonna, <laughs> you have to pay extra for that. Uh, I, uh, but the other thing is, I think I, from all the singing, I, I probably have destroyed my voice a bit. You know, my vocal oh, cords, wow. it's, it's a lot raspier now. Well, whatever you think of his current voice, his performance in Elvis is fantastic and He's an Oscar nominee for it. You can watch Elvis on HBO Max and see if he wins the Oscar when those are handed out March 12th. A few familiar faces are speeding back to The Flash for the upcoming final season. EW exclusively revealed that Rick Cosnett, Matt Lesher, and Jessica Parker Kennedy will return for season 9, which premieres this Wednesday on The CW. Less than two weeks after its debut, that 90 show has earned a second season, and it's going to be big, or at least a lot bigger than that first season. Netflix announced Friday that it has renewed that 70 show spinoff for season 2, and while the first season contained 10 episodes, Episodes, the second will boast 16. Melinda Dillon, the actress best known for her portrayal of a harried but loving mother in the holiday classic A Christmas Story, died January 9th at 83. Though most recognizable from that perennial favorite, Dillon was also an Oscar-nominated acting talent, earning nods for Close Encounters of the Third Kind and Absence of Malice. Her other notable films included Bound for Glory, Harry and the Hendersons, How to Make an American Quilt, The Prince of Tides, Magnolia, and The Muppet Movie. And John Kimbrough, son of Charles Kimbrough, the Tony and Emmy-nominated actor best known for his role as straight-faced anchorman Jim Dial on the hit sitcom Murphy Brown, revealed this weekend that his father died January 11th in Culver City, California. He was 86. A veteran stage actor, Kimbrough got his big break as the hard-drinking Harry in the original production of Stephen Sondheim's Company, for which he earned a Tony Award nomination in 1971. He later appeared in another acclaimed Sondheim musical, Sunday in the Park with George, in 1984. Kimbrough also starred in the 1995 off-Broadway production of Sylvia, opposite Sarah Jessica Parker, and appeared in Leonard Bernstein's Candide, as well as Same Time Next Year, Accent on Youth, The Merchant of Venice, and most recently, the 2012 revival of Harvey opposite Jim Parsons. Kimbrough would go on to achieve mainstream success for his role as anchorman Jim Dial on the sitcom Murphy Brown, which ran on CBS for 10 seasons between 1988 and 1998. Kimbrough reprised his character for a few episodes in the 2018 reboot. For more on all of these stories, plus other news, reviews, interviews, and more, head on over to EW.com. 
All right, folks, we're keeping it all in the family for our number three pick today, the season finale of Family Reunion, Love and Hip Hop. The Family Reunion is coming close to its end, but first, another surprise guest is slated to join the group just in time for something unforgettable to happen. Plus, we check in with Fresher and Jen on whether they're moving to Atlanta. Take a listen. Came at me the other night about being cheap and and not want to spend the the money on the wedding, the money that you feel like is desired for your wedding, that dream wedding, you know? And um, as a man, as the breadwinner, you know, um, I need to look out for us financially. So in order to do that, I think we gotta move to Atlanta. See, that's I, it, I, that's I, it right there. That's it right there. That's it. I, I have to stop you. Maybe the young Jennifer would've went to Atlanta. But I don't have trust in you that we will go to Atlanta and you will be faithful to me. Let me tell you something. No female, not you, not anybody in the world is going to make me lose myself. I'm going to always grind to get mine. It's easier said when you're not you the see? one getting cheated on. And as soon as you got the hit back in, you diss me. Who is this Jada bitch? Who is she? Jada mm-hmm. was an artist that I was working with. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's hard for me to believe that it was just business. You left me, you started all these That's what it is. Well, it has been a wild 10 days, and there's sure to be lots more drama to finish off the reunion. So better buckle up for the season finale of Family Reunion Love and Hip Hop tonight on VH1 at 8 o'clock. Number two. Who, you ask, is the GOAT? And we mean greatest of all time, of course. Now, some may think that question is subjective, but our next pick sets out to give it an answer. In the new History Channel series, History's Greatest of All Time with Peyton Manning, the former Colts and Broncos quarterback is bringing together experts from a myriad of fields to definitively answer who is the greatest of all time in all things. And that includes toys, inventions, daredevils, sports cars, sports stadiums, candy, titans of industry, and dynamic duos. Learn what makes someone the best at what they do and how they've impacted history as we know it. Here's a preview. Since the dawn of time, a debate has raged. Who is the greatest of all time? And I'm not just talking about sports. Who is the most daring daredevil? Inventions, sports cars, we assembled the greatest experts to definitively rank the greatest of all time of all things. Let the countdown begin. So will your personal goat make it to the top of the list? Tune in to find out on the debut of History's Greatest of All Time with Peyton Manning tonight at 10 on the History Channel. It's trivia time. Peyton Manning accomplished tons in his NFL career, including two Super Bowl wins, one with the Indianapolis Colts and another with the Denver Broncos. But did you know he's done a bit of acting? On which Disney Plus series did he recently appear? Moon Knight, The Santa Clauses, or Miss Marvel? Stick around for the answer and our number one pick, What to Watch. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, 
their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. This week in entertainment history, the classic rom-com How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days debuted on February 7th, 2003, meaning it is in fact 20 years old. The film stars Kate Hudson as how-to columnist Andy Anderson and Matthew McConaughey as ad exec Benjamin Barry. The two fall in love, despite Andy trying her hardest to be a clingy, annoying girlfriend for her column on how to lose a guy in, you guessed it, just 10 days. In an oral history of the movie, McConaughey revealed to Vanity Fair that he decided to take the role because a fortune teller in Los Angeles told him, quote, it's going to be an incredible experience and it is going to make a bunch of money. And it did, making almost $106 million domestically and $177 million worldwide. The movie is available to stream on Paramount+. Plus. You may know Joe Amabile as Grocery Store Joe from The Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise. And he is now happily married to his Bachelor in Paradise co-star Serena Pitt and hosts a Bachelor Nation podcast called Clickbait. Of course, we know Joe is keeping up with this latest season of The Bachelor, but we had to know, Joe, what you watching? So Serena and I, we love to binge uh, television shows that neither of us have seen before, and we are right now watching Billions on Showtime. I cannot believe I didn't watch this show when it was out. I'm obsessed with it. A little background on me. I used to be an equities trader at the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, so I could relate to the show in a sense. Um, It's high pace. It's right up my alley. I love it. It's intense. Um, Paul Giamatti is one of my favorite actors. I even love him in the Verizon commercials as Einstein. Damian Lewis. I mean, the cast is incredible. Um, And yeah, we're just wrapping up season two. We knock out like a season in a week. We're like that. Um, and it's great. I highly recommend if you haven't seen it. Um, I'm also, obviously, I'm keeping up to date on The Bachelor because I have a podcast called Clickbait that we talk about it. Um, so I'm watching The Bachelor. That's my reality show. And then at night, we usually put on New Girl. Um, I didn't watch New Girl when it was on. That's another hysterical show. Um, I love the cast. And it's a lighthearted show. It's perfect before bedtime. 25 minutes, that's all you need. And then we're off to bed. Um, so those are the three shows that I'm watching. I can't wait for Succession to start on HBO. That is my all-time favorite show. Probably tied with Curb Your Enthusiasm. That's also coming out with a new season. And as I'm talking, I'm realizing that I watch a lot of TV. And I binge a lot of television shows. I should probably... Read a book. That's what I think. And we are sticking with The Bachelor for today's number one pick where we're getting real high and producers finally get to make someone say love is like a leap of faith when Zach takes one of his potential wives skydiving. And in honor of this coming weekend Super Bowl, the ladies team up for a hard-hitting Bachelor Bowl group date. Here's a little preview. 
It's that I feel the spark, I feel the chemistry. Throw your whole body into yeah. it. But it's Katie who might need a helmet after her overnight one-on-one date with Zach at the museum. Would you like to spend the night here with me? I like where I think this is heading. It definitely looks like a walk of shame. For me, like I had that first one-on-one and I feel like it was more real. Oh, shots fired Christina Mandrell. She may be a descendant of country music royalty, but that isn't going to protect Christina from the wrath of the other ladies when they decide she's there for the quote-unquote wrong reasons. Christina's trying to intimidate. Anyone who she perceives as a threat is going to be a target. She needs to be exposed. It makes me feel really insecure. Have you ever considered just literally shutting the up? Everyone is too scared to tell you makes it hard. It would be a mistake to believe this. (laughs) Oh, much crying. And you don't want to miss it on episode three of The Bachelor, which premieres tonight at eight on ABC. And finally today, the answer to our trivia question. Peyton Manning recently appeared on which Disney Plus series? Moon Knight, The Santa Clauses, or Miss Marvel? I hope you got the answer right. It's The Santa Clauses. Manning played himself on one episode of the series titled Chapter 3, Into the Wobbly Woods. That is our show for today. We will have more news and must-see picks for you tomorrow, so be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm executive editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW and at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Today's episode of What to Watch was written by Callie Shep and EW staff, edited by Sammy Junio, produced by Ashley Boucher, hosted and produced by Jared Hall, and executive produced by Chanel Johnson. What to Watch.